and thank the Lord God Almighty for another opportunity in his holy hand. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, our thank and bless that holy name unto thee all the glory, praise and adoration. Even as we come to listen to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you use me as a person to bless us all that to minister to us. We bless and thank thee in the mighty name of Jesus we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Oh, amen. So as I said, throughout the week, it has been dedicated to the women's ministry. And this morning, I'm speaking on the topic, Living for Christ Before Marriage. Living for Christ Before Marriage. Now, as we all know, marriage is an institution that has been ordained by God. The institution has been ordained by God. And we'd like to read a few Bible verses to back that up. So read Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. And I'd like to read from the New International Version. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So it's important that you know that God created mankind. Mankind, human beings, both man and woman, they were created in the image of God. So one is not a superior human being to the other. And the 28 said, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the the earth and subdue it. Rule Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Amen. We also read Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Genesis 2 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Amen. And then when he continued the same to the verses 22 to 24, it reads, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father. That is why a man leaves his father and mother. And is united. Hallelujah. I take the 24 again. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. And they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shape. So this establishes marriage as by God. But I'm sure you are wondering, but it's all in the Old Testament. So let's take one from the New Testament. Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 to 6. Matthew 19, 4 to 6. How many to read? He replied, that's this Jesus Christ speaking. That at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. And said, for this reason, 
a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So marriage was instituted by God. And there are some things that we must do and also not do as Christians before marriage. In all these parables, the bottom line is that we must live for Christ. Amen. The vision of the Church of Pentecost for five years, 2019 to 2023, is based on the theme possessing nations. Possessing nations. So, even though we live in the world, as sinners, once God saves us, once we are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, He moves us out of the world into His food, but with His precious blood. And here, we are supposed to be trained and prepared and sent back into the world in order to win other souls who are lost for Christ. Hallelujah. But, the devil who owns the lost soul is not asleep. And he will not leave the lost souls dry like that. He will also try to make sure that those who are lost will stay there. But that is only one part of the strategy. The other part of the strategy is that he's even entering the church so that those whose salvation are quite shaky, he will try to snatch them into the world. And so there are quite a number of things that are in the world that are creeping into the church. The things that the world sees as normal, they are some that are creeping into the church. And on Wednesday, we were discussing one, which is cohabitation. Cohabitation. And so we like to talk about that. But let's see the 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 venom with which the devil is trying to do his work. And we'll read from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And now still reading from the new international version. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. About some enemy or Bose Jata or Rehobiani. And so he is not there just like that. That is why we ought to sit up. And so it is not surprising that some of the things of the world are trying to creep into the Lord God Almighty for another opportunity in his family and shall we pray. Heavenly Father, thank and bless thy holy name. I'll give you all the glory, praise, and adoration. Even as we come to listen to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you use me as a person to bless us all that to minister to us. We bless and thank thee in the mighty name of Jesus. We are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. So, as I was saying, throughout the week, it has been dedicated to the women's ministry. And this morning I'm speaking on the topic living for Christ before marriage. 
level for Christ before marriage. Now, as we all know, marriage is an institution that has been ordained by God. It's an institution that has been ordained by God. And we'd like to read a few Bible verses to back that up. To read Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. And I'd like to read from the New International Version. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So it's important that you know that. God created mankind. Mankind, human beings, both man and woman. They were created in the image of God. So one is not a superior human being to the other. And the 28 said, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Amen. We also read Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Genesis 2 18. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Amen. And then when he continued the same to the verses 22 to 24, it reads, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father. That is why a man leaves his father and mother, and is united. Hallelujah. I take the twenty-four again. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So this establishes marriage as by God. But I'm sure you are wondering, but it's all in the Old Testament. So let's take one from the New Testament. Matthew chapter 19. Verses 4 to 6. Matthew 19, 4 to 6. How many to read? He replied, that's this Jesus Christ speaking. That at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. And said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has done together, let no man separate. So marriage was instituted by God. And there are some things that we must do and also not do as Christians before marriage. In all these however, the bottom line is that we must live for Christ. Amen. The vision of the Church of Pentecost 
for five years, 2019 to 2023, is based on the theme possessing nations. Possessing nations. So even though we live in the world as sinners, once God saves us, once we are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, He moves us out of the world into His food, but with a special blood. And here, we are supposed to be trained and prepared and sent back into the world in order to win other souls who are lost for Christ. Hallelujah. But, the devil who owns the lost soul is not asleep. And he will not leave the lost souls dry like that. He will also try to make sure that those who are lost will stay there. But that is only one part of the strategy. The other part of the strategy is that he's even entering the church so that those whose salvation are quite shaky, he will try to snatch them into the world. And so there are quite a number of things that are in the world that are creeping into the church. The things that the world sees as normal, they are something that are creeping into the church. And on Wednesday, we were discussing one, which is cohabitation. Cohabitation. And so we like to talk about that. But let's see the, the, the phenomenon with which the devil is trying to do his work. And we'll read from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And now, still reading from the new international version. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Upon some enemy, and so he is not there just like that. That is why we ought to sit up. And so it is not surprising that some of the things of the world are trying to creep into the church. And so I'd like us to briefly look at cohabitation and how as Christians we must live even for Christ before we get married. Cohabitation is a state of living together and having sexual relationship without being married. So you are living with a man or you are living with a woman or you are living with a boy or with a girl but you are not married and you are having sexual relations. To the world, it is okay. Actually, in the laws of Ghana, we are trying to legalize that. Uh, and so the law says that what? Property rights of spouses bill and interstate succession bills. The whole idea is that if you live with somebody for five years or more and you are not even married, they will consider it as marriage. So that is what the world is thinking about. And it is creeping into the church and it must not be. Hallelujah. So like us look at cohabitation in the church. So there is a very dangerous logic among some of the Christians, especially the young ones that, well, I would like to know the person more. So 
if we are able to live together, then I can be able to study the person, and the person can also be able to study me, so that we know each other very, very well. Uh-huh. So they say that, but if you don't taste, how will you know that the thing is good or not? What if we uh, were married and the man is impotent? What will I do? What if you were married and then uh, what, what am I going to do? And so now, instead of dating, studying the person and then marrying, we are put dating and then we are inserted cohabitation there. When we date, let me go and meet the person for some time and study the person before I marry. That is a dangerous precedent to set. Hallelujah. Why would you want to keep in yourself that much? A child of God, bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Don't you value the blood with which Jesus Christ bought you with? Do you think that it is a joke that Jesus Christ came to die for you? Do you think that it is a joke? Do you know that there are consequences for our actions that we are taking? Don't you know that our bodies, your body and my body, are the temple of God? And so we have to preserve it. Let us see the value of who the virtuous lady or the virtuous woman is in the famous Proverbs chapter 31 woman. So read Proverbs chapter 31 verse 10. Proverbs chapter 31 and the verse 10. And I read A wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. She is worth far more than rubies. A ruby is a precious stone consisting of corundum in color varieties, varying from deep crimson or purple to pale rose. We would like to see that. That is the ruby. It is, it is a precious stone. Highly precious, and you know how it takes a lot of energy to mine. When you say mining, <laughs> who is it? The people who do galamsey, the people who do galamsey, and you see that the mining process is not easy. So that's uh, an example of, one of uh, how a ruby looks like. It's a very precious stone. Now let's move on and look at some of the mining process. And it's been rolling on the screen. And you see that it is a very, very difficult and tedious process. You have to dig deep under the ground. You have to get the sand. You have to clean it. Look at the people there. They are mining. Ah, and then you go and refine it and get the gold. And Proverbs 31 10 is saying that the wealth of a virtuous woman. Is far above that. Far above rubies. What does the Bible say about cohabitation? The Bible speaks against having sex before or outside marriage. So if you're outside before marriage, 
Bible speaks against it. Or whilst you are married, you are having sex outside of it. It speaks against it. And we would like to read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Amen. Oh, amen. amen. Are you here? Oh, are you here? Uh-huh. Whether you like it or not, today I will speak it. First Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 and 9. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8, 8 and 9. Now to be unmarried, and the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7. It's not first Thessalonians, it's first Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Say after me. But God did not call us to be impure. But to live a holy life. Holy life. So God has not called you and I to be impure, but to live a holy life. And then the last one be Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. Ephesians 5, verse 3 reads, But among you there must not be even a hint, a hint of sexual immorality, of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. So, Paul is saying that, look, we should not even hear a hint. I said, not even the actual. We should not even hear a hint of the possibility of such sexual immoral lives. So, the Bible speaks against cohabitation. But, there are others who also say, okay, what if we cohabit, but we decide that we will not have sex. As the Bible scriptures are okay, when you have sex, and as the AIA, what if you don't have sex, but we decide to cohabit? Stadia, the person is steady of the You, the created, how can you study another created more than the creator? Call created. And so, why don't you give him all the reverence? Otherwise, you are telling God that, look, you, you are not good enough. Me, that you have created me, I know more than you. I can study the person well and be able to know whether he or she is good for me. That is what you are saying to God. Let me be in a crap, pack yourself. Let me check my thing, Lord. May the Lord have mercy. Amen. Ephesians 4 27 says, and do not give the devil a foothold. So when anyone you decide to cohabit without sex, you are giving the devil a foothold. You are creating that opportunity. Oh, yeah, but even though we sleep on the same bed, we don't do anything. Uh-huh. Oh, we eat together, we are in the same house. Okay, I went about and I finished. 
then she can also come and back, or when she finishes, I can also go and back. No, but in a firewood. No. Hallelujah. You have to sleep like Joseph. Look, Joseph was in such a good situation that said, What if I saw that too? And Joseph is good with his work. It is Potiphar actually trust him. So in the background of the house, now and I and then a shepherd. Holy, 
cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Amen. Amen. So the fact that you cohabit before marriage does not guarantee you happiness in the marriage. Amen. So don't, don't be the investigator. Leave that to God and let God investigate for you. Pray about the person, study the person, date, find out more about the family, and the Lord will order your steps. Amen. Amen. And then the second one is that, the second untruth is that it is okay to cohabit only for a short period and then you get married. Oh, we are only cohabiting for just a short time. We want to sort our finances out. We want to help each other. Oh, we really want to say towards the wedding and all of that. But the question I ask is that must you cohabit before you can see? Uh-huh. Before you must you cohabit before you can see? No. Ain't you know, a young one in justify. So there is no, and when you cohabit, when you cohabit, there is no covenant between the two of you. There's no covenant. Compared with marriage, when you come before the Lord, all right, then you have a covenant. So because with the cohabitation, there is no covenant, it is easy for one party to break the relationship. And when they break the relationship, the repercussions to a serious. I have seen people in the university, girls who came to the university with seven A's, eight A's, and they are pretty much cohabiting. Because when you come to the university, your parents will give you money to go and pay for hostel. So you go and pay for hostel. Then this friend, this one is this one's friend, that one's that one's friend. So you are the main hostel, we are in the, the space, you are this side, we are on that side. So one will pay, then this gang will go and live with that one. Then this one will come and live with that one. On the paper here, there are two females here and two males here. But in practice, they are cohabiting. And the boy will finish school and go and break the relationship. It's psychological. Some, they have to take a year off. They have to go one year before they come back. And I have seen quite a number of them. It takes a while even before they get back on track again. Leave that investigation part to God. God is more than a man. He will investigate for you. Hallelujah. So stay focused. Marriage is a lifetime commitment. But what do I do if I am cohabiting? What do I do if I am cohabiting? First of all, if you are not yet cohabiting, but it is in your mind that the way I want to study this girl or the way I want to study this man, so I want to go and cohabit by tomorrow or next week or next month. I beseech thee in the name of God to stop. Amen. Oh, your amen is weak. Stop it. Secondly, if you are currently cohabiting, move out immediately. Say to the person sitting there to you, move out immediately. The way you are looking at the person, I said, 
you will mishandle it. That one is serious. Unless you understand the word. And that is what a lot. Once you decide to have it, you do not understand the word. And so you are misusing it. The devil knows your word and he wants to destroy it. Don't let him. There is a priceless man who knows the value on your life and looking for such a woman of value. Do not marry a valueless man and or one who does not know the value of your life. And the last one, it will take a man who has been bought with the blood of the lamb to know a lady with value. May the Lord bless us all. But please note, God abhors or God hates cohabitation. Flee from it and be saved and be blessed. God bless us all. Amen.